So I think when uh, our daughter was uh, starting school, we, we really took a look around at our environment and our lifestyle, and we didn't like what we were seeing in Southern California. It was just, you know, it was the rat race down there, um, and the rats were winning. And so we just thought, we got to get out of here. Hey, everybody, I'm Jay, and you're listening to the Main Street Entrepreneur Podcast. We do a lot of things because we enjoy it. There's no way we would be doing this if we weren't just having a good time. I'm raising a family here. I have three three young children. The, the whole start of this business was enjoy what we do, forget the corporate BS. You know, the moment we wake up, we're confronted with making decisions and we're being enticed to make the wrong decisions. My mom's up in front and I tap her on the shoulder and I say, when I get out of school, I'm moving to Jackson Hole. I set out to give people the kind of product and service that I wished I had. Quality of life became a driver for where are we going to go. It wasn't what, what are we going to do, it's where are we going to end up. Basically, we set the industry standards. And then with the psychology of eating, we've actually used the design to actually reinforce positive decisions about our eating. Anything that really has to do with the kids is really important to us because that's where you start. That's where you can make a change. Welcome, entrepreneurs. You're listening to episode one of the Main Street Entrepreneur Podcast. And the topic today is going to parallel one of the first chapters of the book titled Main Street Entrepreneur. And we are going to discuss starting with a clear sense of purpose. So let's start with a quote. As cliche as it may be, there's one out there that works perfectly for this topic. And you may have heard it floating around from Mark Twain. The two most important days in life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about this concept of why. Why do you do what you do? What gets you out of bed every morning? This concept of why is what drives us. It's pretty much the reasoning behind every decision we make in life. There is always a why and there's always a purpose. Now, that particularly applies to entrepreneurs and business building. You know, some people might think that someone who starts a business from the ground up is in it for the money, but I'm here to tell you that is very rarely the case. And it better not be because most businesses which require a lot of hours and a lot of hard work hardly make any money for quite a while. And although money is obviously a necessity for a company to survive and for us to take care of ourselves and our families, Out of all the entrepreneurs I've ever interviewed over the years, not one of them has ever mentioned money as the driving factor for why they started their business. There's always something more. There's always something they are much more passionate about than money. Um, I heard someone the other day, happiness is always one of those other things that people always ask, like, what is happiness, right? Like, what is the American dream? What is happiness? This is Sheila Kemper Dietrich, the founder of Live Liga. Um, And happiness, until very recently, if you'd asked me, um, it wouldn't have been easy for me to describe, right? It's a feeling, it's whatever. And then I heard a guy named Vic Strecker. Um, He's a professor, he's kind of a philosopher. Um, He lost a daughter of his at age 19 who had gotten a virus um, and it attacked her heart and she ended up having to have a heart transplant. And then she had to have another one because when when you're really young, hearts don't last. So she was on her second heart and um, she then up and unexpectedly died at age 19 and she was a beautiful young woman. He tells this story to share with others. He himself is an entrepreneur and he wrote this book um, on purpose. And 
what he really has done and, and, and studied is happiness, and happiness is getting up in the day and having a purpose. And it can be any purpose. For us, it may be our passion with our business and making a difference with that passion, or health in general for me, and you know, how do I translate that? Um, for somebody else, it may be spending quality time with their grandkid. So purpose can be anything. But I think for entrepreneurs and for the American dream, it's really how purpose and possibility come together. So why is this purpose important? Putting money aside and finding that true purpose behind your business has an impact on several things. First and foremost, starting a business is not easy, and research has shown that money is not a strong enough motivator to pull you through all the challenges you will face. You always hear that it takes longer and costs more and is much harder than people thought, and this is almost always the case. And Joanne McCall of McCall Media Group will agree. It's critical because it's not always, it's not always easy. I mean, I mean, as an entrepreneur building a business, there are times when it's difficult. And what do you do when it gets hard? Do you stop or do you find it somewhere inside to push forward through that difficulty? That's what purpose allows us to do, is it push, pushes us forward. You know, a lot of the time we'll associate purpose and happiness and success with each other. And one misconception that I've learned is that success creates happiness. A lot of the time we'll think to ourselves, if only I could buy that car, or if only I could buy that house, or if only I could make this much money this year. But then we achieve these monetary goals and we realize, wait a minute, that thing wasn't the cure to all my problems. It's the grass is always greener syndrome. The documentary Happy portrays this issue of why certain people are happier than others and how people's definitions of success vary. If you haven't seen it yet, I suggest you check it out. But how can one person who makes 40, 60, 80, $100,000 a year or more still feel unsatisfied when in another part of the world, another individual who lives off less than a dollar a day can feel fulfilled and satisfied? It's a mindset. Tying it back into business building, in an interview with Dr. Alan Lim, the founder of Scratch Labs, he shared a story with us that helps flip this idea of success creating happiness on its head. I think a lot about what drives me to want to do this and um, there's certainly a lot of external factors that, that I could list, but I know that, that, that any time you're driven extrinsically to succeed or uh, to want to accomplish something, things tend to fall apart pretty quickly. At least that was my experience with elite sports and you know there have been times even with, with, with this project that I've felt that and I think a lot of that is really explained well by a psychologist named Sean Aker who's over at Harvard. Um, he talks about this idea that, 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 that there's kind of this Copernicus shift occurring, right? That um, it used to be that we thought that the earth was the center of the universe and the sun revolved around the earth. In the same way, we used to think that um, our success needed to be at the center of the universe and that our success drove our happiness. But what we eventually learned was that it's actually the sun that's the center of the universe. And with respect to happiness and success, the reality is, is if you don't find a way to be happy first, there's no way that you can be successful. That success doesn't create happiness, but happiness can create a lot of success, right? Um, what I have found is that, you know, if I come here and I'm in a bad mood or I'm just not into it or I'm pissed off about something for whatever reason, we just don't really get anywhere, right? I don't get anywhere. 
But if I come here and I'm psyched and I'm positive and I'm happy about where my life is, then things start to come our way. And it's a really interesting chicken and egg scenario. So one thing that I do know about, about this business, if I know anything, it's that I need to keep my own happiness out of it, right? That whether this business succeeds or fails, whether we're doing well or not doing well, can't have any bearing on my own happiness. Like what does affect my happiness is, you know, whether or not I exercise, whether or not I get outside, whether or not, you know, I can hang out and joke around with, you know, the people that I work with, whether or not, you know, I feel like I'm being productive or contributing to, to, to those around me, whether or not each individual conversation I have with, you know, any person that I happen to run across that day is a good conversation. Um, those are the things that, that are kind of within my scope of control. Um, that's what I tend to focus on and that's what gets me up in the morning. It's not so much like we have to do this, it's more that, well, unless I'm dead, I gotta get up anyways, right? So why not get up and actually, you know, look forward to whatever it is you have to do. And at the end of the day, all you can focus, is, focus on is what you have to do that day, right? So keeping this in mind, let's go back to purpose and dive into some examples of why we do what we do and why these entrepreneurs do what they do. I'll start with a personal experience and tell you a little bit about our crazy bike ride across the country where we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 cities of America. Let me start off by saying it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, but there were days that sucked. I mean, four people living in the same RV, I slept on the floor for two months, we had breakdowns, we were on the seat of our bikes every single day for longer periods of time than most could imagine, we rode through triple digit weather, we rode through hail, snow, rain, and the kicker, we weren't getting paid for it. Now to be fully transparent, we did get all of our costs covered through a Kickstarter campaign, which was awesome. But this wasn't some big money-making venture for our company. It was research. It was collecting content and stories of Main Street entrepreneurs across the country. We had no idea what was going to happen with the book or the website or the podcast. And to be honest, at this point in time, we still have no idea. So why did we put ourselves through this crazy adventure? For us, it was all about the cause. It's about taking a proactive stand against the upcoming employment shift. It's about setting out to help people like you take control of your own lives and create a livelihood for yourselves. We want to introduce this new career model that will help people create jobs and be contributing members of their communities. That to me is the motivation. That is why we did what we did. And that is why even when I was in the middle of Montana, caught in a rainstorm without proper rain gear while my hands were turning purple and I couldn't muster the strength to pull my own brakes, it was worth every second. So for us, it was all about the cause. For Benny and Julie Benson of Energyneering Solutions, it's all about the lifestyle. We were working in Southern California. This is Julie, who you heard at the top of the episode. Um, and for a, for a large company, and I, I can't really say that I ever liked that, um, being an employee. I'm just, you know, I, I really didn't like having to report to people and having other people decide what I could work on um, and how much I would make for it. I experienced a lot of the glass ceiling I guess, being a woman in engineering. And um, so I think when uh, our daughter was uh, starting school, we, we really took a look around at our environment and our lifestyle, and we didn't like what we were seeing in Southern California. It was just, you know, it was the rat race down there. Um, and the rats were winning, 
And so we just thought, we gotta get out of here. So that was the first job was in aerospace <clears throat> in Southern California. And this is Julie's husband, Benny. I wanted to get there early, first day. So I left like two hours early. I showed up 15 minutes late. That was my introduction to traffic in Southern California. <laughs> in California, we, we were in Orange County and it was hours in traffic um, for both of us going to work. Um, and for our daughter, it was a school environment. You know, they, they have a lot of social issues down there, um, gangs and things. And as they grow up, it becomes more prevalent. And so we, we looked at quite a few places. Um, we traveled, we packed up the camper and we traveled and we looked at um, lifestyle of smaller towns. And we both grew up in a smaller area. We, we grew up on farms and we had animals, we had horses, we had, you know, land and that's what we wanted to offer for our daughter to grow up too and it wasn't the concrete mecca that we were living in in Southern California so we kind of took a chance we we um, I think we would rather say that we tried something and yeah I'm really glad I tried that or that wasn't such a good idea but either way I'd rather do that than say I wish we would have how would I define it? I guess it's the ability to do what you enjoy um, and live comfortably, um, have a happy family, happy lifestyle. We had three criteria if you want criteria. <clears throat> we had to have a major ski area within an hour. We had to have a Olympic sized pool within an hour. And we had to be able to stand out on our deck naked and not care about worrying about somebody looking. Not that I really cared in California, but Julie might have a different perspective. So, <laughs> but it was just so, the whole we wanted to be out. And so we were looking to get into a situation where we could have property. Um, it really wasn't being able to stand outside naked. <laughs> it, was, it was to be able to have horse property. We just wanted a simpler life. We found those here. We can all take a half day or a day and go, you know, if it's snowing, we're skiing. If it's, you know, we shouldn't really be here. We should be on the lake right now. But uh, you guys were coming, so. <laughs> Benny and Julie Benson were sick of the grind. They were sick of their hectic lifestyle. So they took charge of their lives and made a change. They found somewhere they wanted to live, moved, then they assessed their skills and built off what they know to create a business and make a living. That's why all these entrepreneurs we interviewed for this book are such perfect examples. They take control of their lives, live where they want, and then, because there aren't big companies providing jobs in a lot of these towns, they have to create their own. So they know how to do it. A recent survey by the Pew Research Center showed that almost half of Americans are not happy with where they are currently living, but to break it down even further, an overwhelming majority of people want a sense of community, better lifestyles, safer streets, less traffic, affordable housing, environmental quality, and just an overall great place to raise a family. That's exactly what these entrepreneurs are getting. They're making it happen, and their purpose is the driving factor. Sheila Kemper-Dietrich is the founder of Livliga. Livliga, in its simplest form, sells dinnerware, plates, bowls, glasses, etc. But the thing is, they're not just selling dinnerware. They're selling a healthy lifestyle, and Sheila's purpose is personal. I'm Sheila Kemper-Dietrich, and I'm founder and CEO of Liveliga. 
We are all about portion control made easy, elegant, and affordable. This is really about how we can live long-term in a way that is really about a lifestyle, not just a moment in time or a diet. Or So I have dealt with weight issues all of my life, and uh, it's been a struggle of mine, but I always thought of it as a personal struggle. Something I had to deal with, you know, it was my journey, something for me to figure out. And then um, with all these statistics that confronted us, um, I used to be the executive director of the American Heart Association in Denver. And um, it's there that I really became acutely aware of the statistics and that they, the trend was against us rather than for us. By 2050, one in three people are going to have diabetes in the USA. We're killing our nation with food and we don't even realize we're doing it. And then the topper for me, what really got me motivated, was when the Center for Disease Control came out and said we're now living in a generation where parents are going to outlive their children because of obesity. Honestly, I got mad. I thought, this is insane. I'm a mom of three kids. There, no mom wakes up in the morning and says, how am I gonna figure out how to kill my kids with food today? And so I thought, you know, we've gotta figure this out. Something's missing. If, if all these organizations are spending all this money, we clearly haven't figured it out yet because we're not going the right direction. Research shows none of us actually know what a serving size is. So when I started reading the literature, I realized it's our eyes that are making all the decisions about the food we eat. So it's our eyes that we have to address. And if our environment and our, is feeding our eyes the wrong information, then we need to change the environment. Hence, Ludliga was born. And I did it in my kitchen, you know, classic entrepreneur, right? I used my own measuring cups and I made these little, I hand drew these templates. And then I went to the local ceramic shop um, and hand painted <laughs> the original sets of Livliga, wasn't known as that yet, um, and brought them home because I wanted to try it on me. I wanted to see if this would actually work. And I made four sets so that my husband and my daughter at that point who was living with us could try it out. Lost over 50 pounds using my plates um, and the dinnerware. And I think part of the key is too, we, it's all the pieces so that everything's right sized, so that our eyes are getting right sized and used to right sized portions no matter what we're consuming. It makes a huge difference. So you can't just have a plate, which is kind of the classic thing out there in the marketplace is a diet plate, you know, that does have, you know, some kind of visual reminder, but it's ugly and um, it's not really intended for long-term use. And my whole thing was, I need to change. I need to figure this out. All of us are in the same boat. And you can't just do it for a period of time. You've really got to right-size your world and live in that world. And it worked. My husband has um, lost over 35 pounds. My daughter, 25. And naturally, I mean, it's because we were right-sizing our food portions. You know, we're kind of helping shift the paradigm. So Benny and Julie Benson of Energyneering Solutions wanted the lifestyle of a smaller community. Sheila Kemper-Dietrich of Live Liga is on a mission to promote health and have an impact on the obesity problem in America. These are just a couple of the stories we have heard time and time again reminding us that it is not about the money. These people are driven by so much more. Jeff Wester of Ponderosa Forge has an incredible desire to create and work with his hands. I've always loved the creative process and there's a lot of ways to get to the finished product. Ryan and Kaylin Shavs of Kick Sportswear are dedicating their business to being active and providing for the kids in their community. 
we get to be a part of not just Baker, but Eastern Oregon and help families and help schools. Todd Albee of Silverfire is striving to cut back on disease and help improve cookstoves to benefit the world. I worked in respiratory medicine for years and years and years. So when I first heard about clean cookstoves, it was a compelling a story for me to get involved. Joanne McCall of McCall Media Group made a promise to herself when her sister passed. And so I've always been interested in helping people get their message out into the world. That's what I do. But then three and a half years ago, uh, my sister passed away of a very rare form of cancer. She said to me, you know, I can't believe that I didn't go after my dreams. She said, you know, I always had an excuse. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the time. I'd wait until this happened, or I'd wait until I was finished with school, or I would wait until this, and, and then here we were, and she was out of tomorrows. And I'm gonna try not to cry here. <laughs> but um, I reflected on that a lot. And then I made a decision that if anybody wanted to get their message out there about their business, I would help them do that. Viktor Frankl, who wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning, which is an incredible story of survival in German concentration camps, is now remembered by this quote. Life is never made unbearable by circumstance, but only by lack of meaning and purpose. He who has a why to live can bear with almost any how. Meaning and purpose in business provides staying power. It pulls us through the struggles. It encourages excellence. When you're in it for the long haul, you do things differently than those who are in it to make a quick buck. It helps you grow your team members and helps attract people with similar values and beliefs. Finally, it helps you attract and keep your customers. With companies like Tom Shoes and Warby Parker and the whole get one, give one model, it's more important than ever for a business to be more than just their products or services. In the book Start With Why by Simon Sinek, he makes the point that people don't buy what you do, but they buy why you do it. So what is your why? Ask yourself why you do what you do. Is that purpose strong enough to pull you through the challenges you're gonna face? Does it inspire you? Does it inspire others? Dig deep and define your meaning and purpose. If you made it this far, thanks for listening and don't forget to check out the website, themainstreetentrepreneur.com and look up the book, Main Street Entrepreneur on Amazon. We're about to wrap things up, but before we go. To say do what you know, that's the advice I give somebody now. Because if I hadn't known as much as I'd known about the garbage industry, because I'd worked for it for nine years, I came up against things that were surprised as it was, and if, it, if I wasn't already in an industry that I knew how to do, I wouldn't have made it. If I hadn't had the information, like I said, to appease the city, to appease the Department of Environmental Quality, to, to make sure I was prepared trucking-wise for the Department of Transportation, any one of those three categories could have taken the business down if I didn't have a big enough understanding of it. So whenever anybody asks me and I want to start a business, the first thing out of my mouth is make sure you do what you know. Subscribe and stay tuned when we discuss building on what you know, next time on the Main Street Entrepreneur Podcast. We do a lot of things because we enjoy it. There's no way we would be doing this if we weren't just having a good time. I'm raising a family here. I have three, three young children. The, the whole start of this business was enjoy what we do, forget the corporate BS. You know, the moment we wake up, we're confronted with making decisions and we're being enticed to make the wrong decisions. My mom's up in front and I tap her on the shoulder and I say, when I get out of school, I'm moving to Jackson Hole. I set out to give people the kind of product and service that I wished I had.
quality of life became a driver for where are we going to go. It wasn't what, what are we going to do, it's where are we going to end up. Basically, we set the industry standards. And then with the psychology of eating, we've actually used the design to actually reinforce positive decisions about our eating. Anything that really has to do with the kids is really important to us because that's where you start. That's where you can make a change. 